Today's Golden Wingo Show is sponsored by ADT Commercial for Business. ADT Commercial serves businesses ranging from mid-sized organizations to large-scale enterprises. Think of them as a special team who has one focus, your business security. They provide a comprehensive line of security, fire, life safety, and risk management solutions, professional-grade systems for commercial-grade businesses. With ADT Commercial, every day is game day. Fortune 1000 companies rely on ADT Commercial for highly complex, scalable, integrated solutions that help solve their unique business challenges. And if you're looking for a partner to upgrade or take over the monitoring and service your current system, ADT Commercial can help to painlessly install and maintain large-scale and multi-site businesses. No pain. That's good in sports and good in business security. Visit us at ADT.com slash no pain to learn more. The Best of Golden Wingo podcast is presented by Capital One. This is Banking Reimagined. And we're back. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for coming and joining us again at Sorry in Advance, the Golik Family Podcast here. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed, downloaded, rated, reviewed, all those great things. And if you are just here for the first time, I am Mike Golik Jr. I am joined here by my father, Mike Golik Sr., who you may have seen and heard on the airwaves here at ESPN on Mike and Mike for a number of years now is alongside myself and Trey Wingo on Golik and Wingo, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, on ESPN Radio. My brother Jake here, former Notre Dame football tight end and Cincinnati Bearcat as well. Briefly, his wife Jenny, a.k.a. Janice, former Notre Dame track athlete and transfer student, and I will never let her live that down. Uh, my sister Sydney, who is a Notre Dame swimmer and a full-time savage, <laughs> and my mom. Christine Golick, a tender of St. Mary's College across the street from Notre Dame, and really the only reason any of us are literally or metaphorically here at this point, and the only reason that Jake passed high school, which is cool, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I got you, Jake. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, quite uh, quite literally. No, that was, a, that was a hell of a backstop by you, Mom. So this is our podcast. We thank you to everyone for checking it out. Again, you can subscribe if you haven't already in the Golik and Wingo tab of the ESPN app and Apple podcast right now. Again, we are still efforting a solo podcast channel that will make it easier for you to access all of these in the future. But for now, we're here, and you get Golik and Wingo on the byproduct, too, which is always nice. So uh, how's everybody doing? Good. I'm in a closet right now. Sydney's in a, we, we sent her in a closet to do this. Uh, Janice is not feeling all that well, but she's gutting it out for the podcast. And we have the Notre Dame women Moving on in the NCAA tournament. Woo! Yeah, so at the time of recording, this is uh, the Notre Dame women have qualified for the Final Four. You could be listening to this hopefully after they've won a national championship or somewhere in the meantime. But regardless, the dominant Notre Dame women's program continues to prevail. We're a women's basketball school. Well, we're a women's basketball fencing, and I would say hockey at this point as well. Hockey making it to the NCAA, champ- or to the NCAA before they did lose, but... Uh, I, I do think those are the schools and hopefully become a football school again. Also, a bunch of the girls on the Notre Dame swim team and guys placed at NCAAs. Oh, there so. you go. All right. Swimming school. Sis, rep it hard. Fencing kind of faltered this year. I thought we took third, third in the we NCAAs. Took third. Oh, yeah. But we did have a few guys, right, that did what pretty well. There. We had a national champ. We had like seven placed in the top three or some ungodly number like that. So that's a slip for Notre Dame fencing to be on the podium with a bronze instead of the gold. I guess life is pretty good if a third place is considered poor. Yeah. yeah. This is like the only thing that shapes our life in this way, too. Like, people always ask, are you fans of anything else? Like, I don't know, Jenny, you're the only one that comes from, like, 
the outside-ish. Like, you grew up in the Boston area. We all grew up in Connecticut, so we didn't really have a sports opinion. Like, did you grow up a fan of the Boston area teams? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, it's hard not to in um, Boston, that's for sure. Whether you like it or not, it's shoved down your throat. But I think we've talked about this before. It's I was definitely spoiled, so I can't complain. But we have no college teams other than BC, but... So, Jenny, you sound terrible. Thank you. <laughs> Jenny's a little over the water. Yeah, no, Cutting so, it out. Spoiler, spoiler alert for everyone, too. We were just recently sent a video. Jake has made a great habit of just filming the content that is Jenny's life for the rest of us. And the way you can hear her snorting and smacking in the background of this right now is the way that she attacked a cookie, much the same way that was, a wild lion would attack a warthog. It was an ice cream sandwich. It was an ice cream sandwich, yeah. It was a little melty, so it was dripping on the plate she was eating off of. And it was like that ASMR, like super detailed, like, sound it was it was disgusting and disturbing but, but quite honestly jenny you are coming off the last podcast a very nicely done job of being colonel jessup true another um, round of applause you, you did really, and and in an all critical acclaim jenny has taken acting classes and wants to continue where are you with that have you found another place yet I have to get coverage for my Wednesday night classes at our gym, but as soon as I do, I will be pursuing one in Boston. So well, there you go. this time it won't get canceled on me. Yeah, for anyone that may have not tuned into the last podcast, I encourage you to go back and check out at least the last five minutes or so where Jenny and I recreate the uh, ultimate scene of A Few Good Men, the courtroom scene, and Jenny taking Jack Nicholson's role as Colonel Jessup and hammering it out of the park in a way that we weren't ready for. Thank you, thank you. I still got to see the movie. I know. I haven't had the time. That is amazing. Vacation, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Something to pursue there. So, in the meantime, uh, the world of sports has gifted us a few things that we thought about getting into. Uh, Most recently, there are two. So, everyone here, uh, save for my mother, was a college athlete at the Division One level. And, Mom, you raised three of them and were married to one and have spent enough of your life around it to kind of understand the code that most people occupy and, and go by in this. And Ron Darling recently, who is a former Mets pitcher and now does uh, commentary for the Mets at SNY, wrote a book called 108 Stitches, and essentially a bunch of stories from his playing days talking about the 86 Mets, who are this coke-fueled ball of baseball success that ultimately won a World Series, but in the process of writing that book, dished a bunch of stories, including one about Lenny Dykstra, who anyone not familiar with Lenny Dykstra, you know, was part of that team, a very loud and colorful part, and one that found a bunch of legal issues after his career, but accused Lenny Dykstra in the book of hurling racial slurs at an opposing pitcher during uh, one of their World Series games. Game three, yeah, in Boston, yeah. Game three of the World Series in Boston. was Oil uh, Oil Cam Boyd. Oil Cam Boyd, so hurling racial slurs and all these profanities at this guy. And it kind of got us all on the subject of the idea of a tell-all book. And, Dad, I'd start with you because you were a member of a pretty well-known Philadelphia Eagles team. You were a nine-year NFL player played six years with the Eagles on a defense that was full of characters like Clyde Simmons and Jerome Brown and Reggie White and probably would have a lot of stories and I'm sure have been approached about that. Yeah, and and to to continue on the story you were just talking about uh, of Lenny Dykstra being called out for throwing racial slurs at Oil Can Boyd, he denies it to the point where he said he was going to sue Ron Darling. So this is where we are. When you write these kind of books, you have to do that. If you're going to sell a book, you have to, it seems, name names or name teams or name things that can be bad to sell the book. And I have been approached about writing a book about my time in the NFL, about 
football in general and then certainly about the Eagles, and there's no way I know I could ever do it. Uh, as we're going to go around here because we all basically have grown up and played in locker rooms, I am one of those that, that you know, comments stay in locker rooms, things stay in locker rooms, obviously, unless things, you know, are, are so above and beyond the law. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, but just to tell stories – of what goes on in the locker room, I could not do. I could not name names. I And there's plenty of things that I have seen and heard that would be juicy, but there is no way I would ever give up the sanctity of what goes on on the field or in the locker room uh, for the dollar of a book. Um, but that's what you have to do, and I couldn't do it. So I think it's a really good question for everybody out here. Jake, we can start with you. Being in locker rooms all you can. I mean, the things you've seen could – could you imagine doing that or ever think about doing something like that? No, and and just from being in the locker room, and, and Mike knows this too, like nothing we ever went through in the locker room even came close to, to what was written about in this book. So, you know, it's not really ever going to be on the same level as what was mentioned in there. But even the stuff that's in there it just stays in the locker room, and that's just the way it is. Uh, we always joke about how we'd like to have, you know, cameras in the condo that we went to at Notre Dame and, and how funny it would be to make a reality show out of that. And, but in all honesty, you never want any of that kind of stuff getting out. Um, it all just stays behind closed doors there. So, no, I can't imagine uh, writing a book like that. But like you said, it's not even to make that sound nefarious. Like, it wasn't like there was criminal activity exactly. happening. Right. But it's just, you know, over the course of daily life, the embarrassing things, the things that might, uh, I don't know, the things that come up that, again, are just a part of that shared experience that you have together and mom, you brought up an interesting point when we were talking about this earlier of the motivation of doing this. Like, if you're Ron Darling, what are you getting out of this? Well, that that's the thing. Like, you guys know, as me being a mother, I had a lot of people who along the way, I I was less than pleased with how some people behaved, you know, during your your athletic careers. Yeah, as coaches, mom, people just, around the program. Right, things that I just was surprised happened. and. I always said, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to let people know. And as the wounds have kind of healed and time has passed, I, I've come to the conclusion, what is there to gain from that? And that's kind of what I thought when I was listening to Ron Darling talk about it this morning. While he said that he did it for his purpose because he felt bad about not stepping forward at the time when it happened. At this point, what are you going to win by doing this? I, I think it ends up making the person who writes the book look small in some way well yeah i mean and in this instance like i look at it like that like he's saying this came from i didn't feel like i stuck up in the re- in real time the way i should have i'm gonna do it retroactively now like does does that make him feel no, better at no all? And, and, and no. just to sit there and try and make it sound like that was his reasoning and to know that this wasn't going to become a big issue that's ridiculous. He knew exactly what was going on. And by the way, there has been one person yet that has come out and corroborated Ron Darling's story. There have been a few of Lenny Dyker's teammates that have come out and said, we never heard him say anything like that. And me and Mike were talking about this. I'd be pissed. I would. I, I said that too because we talked about what are you going to gain from this. I said, Mike, 20 years from now, if one of your former teammates from Notre Dame wrote a book and said in that book, man, Mike Golick, he said some racist stuff in the locker room, you'd be ticked off. I would be, and I would come flying out of the gate to say, hell no, you proved it. Tell me, you know, who, who did I say that to? You know, give me some examples. I would be ticked off. And Lenny Dykstra has not been a choir boy by any stretch of the imagination. But, man, when you're called a racist 
and throwing out racial slurs and you didn't do it, you say you didn't do it, you're going to come out swinging. Yeah, you are going to come out swinging. I guess my point with that is I thought with this is what's the net level of change? Like if I, at the point I'm at in my life now, had something like that, and even if there was some truth to it, like if you're not that person anymore, then you really have nothing to fear in this other than saying, well, that's just not true. But for Lenny Dykstra, how much does, even if it were true, how much does this change your opinion of Lenny Dykstra? But, I mean, if you're Lenny Dykstra, I mean, Jenny, if, if someone said something about you 20 years from now that was this bad, I mean, would you not want to come out and defend yourself? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No question. Well, I think, too, sometimes the lens you look at things from 20 years later, too, right. isn't really fair when you're when you're going back and talking about something that happened that long ago. I think that you're putting things on it that you've, like, accumulated during your life then, and you tend to see even what happened then differently. And Well, yeah, and, like, but I guess to that regard, like, holding someone accountable for something they did 20 years ago through the way you view it now, like, well, no, I mean, what's wrong was still wrong then. Right. Like, if he said all of this stuff, it's still wrong then. How much would it change it if it wasn't in a book? Like, if this had just been in an he, interview and he, he was talking it. about it, and he just said it, and he's not going to make money off of it, and he's not trying to sell anything, and he just says all this, how much does it change the way we look at it? I, I, certainly for Lenny Dykstra, I don't think it changes. That's no. so publicly you're calling out something on him that he said didn't happen, and that's a pretty that's a pretty awful thing to be called out on. Oh, it is a pretty, but it's a pretty awful thing to do if it's true. If too, it's true. No, is, no, no, you're absolutely I, right about I guess, that. Are we more inclined to believe it's true if there's not money tied into it potentially for ron darling and making a book the the other thing i said to mike earlier too is because we didn't read the whole book yet is that the only other player that he called out because there had to have been other things over the course of his career that he no there, there was forward. other things there was things when it with the oakland a's so talking about how names uh no he didn't I, I don't know i didn't read all of yeah. that but i know as a whole he brought in the oakland a's team as far as the energy they had later in the season and how did they have that? Well, you know, clearly talking about right. beaners, you know, uppers, you know, taking it to, to help you play and stuff. So, and, and as I said before, you're, if you want a book to sell, you're going to have to tell stories like that. If you feel the need to do that, Sydney, I mean, could you write a book like that in the locker rooms you've been in? How, how good would that book be? I mean, I wouldn't even think twice about writing. There's no way I would write the book. Man, it would be really good, right? It it would be really good. And obviously there's fantastic stories. And then there's stuff that you go through during college and your athletic career that aren't as great. And there's obviously stories like that, too. Um, But like Jake said, too, that's like a behind closed door kind of privacy thing. Like you're a team. I wouldn't even think about touching that. Well, and I, I think, too, there's always worth drawing the distinction that there's a difference between the trust you have in your teammates and, like, this after the fact is basically just, I wasn't strong enough to do something in the moment. Now I'm going to toss you under the bus now. Right. Yeah, to, to make myself yeah, feel no better and say, I should exactly. have done this thing. That's what I said. Yeah. Is that's yeah. the problem I have with it. Like, okay, this is making you feel better, but at the expense of somebody else. Well, because, like, in a very different sense, we've seen, like, Ryan Clark, who works here at ESPN, be very vocal about what Antonio Brown was right. as a teammate. Right. And Ryan Clark was someone who was a leader on that team and who expressed his views at that time in that locker room, but has also been very public about it since he left as a part of his job here now. Why do I have a feeling that there's going to be some stories about Notre Dame track and Jenny coming out? You know, I just I just see that coming. Nothing that, nothing that juicy. Just food. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I can say that would be the tie that uh, kind of brought together Janice and Sydney's athletic endeavors. There would be the food devoured by the respective teams and Training teammates table, right? in that. Yeah. Oh, it was disgusting. Yeah, it, it, yeah I, I watched you guys. That was truly like a pack of hyenas pouncing they've, on a carcass. They've come a long way since then. They have, too. They have. Fitness is a choice. Bodies are temples. <laughs> um, one of the other things that we wanted to get to quick before, we have a, a, an upcoming trip to the Price is Right coming up that I certainly want to get to. And, of course, another lightning round of Would You Rather that I think, Sydney, you brought to the table this week, right? Sure did. So we've got all that coming up because the next time you hear from us, we will be in a life after having attended a live taping of the Price is Right. They have not me. They have a traveling version of The Price is Right, and it's coming to Hartford. Um, so so is this us- a version that ends up on TV? No. Oh. But it doesn't matter. It's a version where we can you still can end still up win. winning. I mean, it's all the same thing. It's just not on television. You can win a brand new Hyundai Tucson. Like, it doesn't matter if it's on TV or right. not. All right. So all the same rules apply, though. Plinkos in play, all these things, et cetera, et cetera. As far as I know, as I long would as assume, they're traveling with that. Yeah, I would yeah. assume they bring like the the high, the best known games they have. To you got to believe so. Yeah. Sydney will be the only one not involved with this, and I don't even want you to act bum. You've been on vacation in Arizona for how long? So I don't want to hear it from you. Yeah, you get no sympathy from anybody. What's the weather so. in Arizona today? Uh, like eighty. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So good. we'll yeah. get we'll get into that momentarily and the would you rather, but did also want to touch on this because this was news that we are recording this on a Tuesday, and on this particular Tuesday, the Alliance of American Football, which was a small startup league trying to be a feeder league into the NFL has suspended operations at this time period. They're not sure what's going to happen to the league yet, but there's been talk of you know some financial issues, some differences of opinion of the leadership and the people that have invested in this, but it got us to thinking because I was a part of the FXFL. Me and Jake were certainly both in positions where this would have been an option and has been an option for some of our friends to try and continue uh, pursuing football careers is is this even possible anymore, do we think, to have you know the way NFL Europe used to be or the World Leagues, something not associated directly with the NFL that actually works? I think it's I, I'm stunned by this. And by the time everybody hears this uh, podcast, that there may be some outcome to what has gone on. But we but, know the XFL is still on the horizon exactly. next well, year. That, like... That's where I'm, I was going to go. First off, I'm surprised this league wasn't more buttoned up considering Ebersol was involved, Bill Polian was involved, others that were NFL people involved, that they had more of their ducks in a row that money didn't become an issue this quickly into the first season. So that was surprising to me, and that they had to go to outside or multiple outside investors, including one big one, where I guess what's in the the best situation for the XFL, which is going to start next year, is they basically have one investor. That's Vince McMahon, who has a boatload of money, and they're going to run it more like regular football and not kind of the shtick they did last time around. But overall... Man, unless the NFL is involved in it and supporting money in it, like the uh, NFL Europe, I don't know how a league survives. It just seems like with all that you need from the amount of players and the travel and the pay and the insurance and everything, it's just too big of an undertaking for someone to say, yeah, let me give you multiple hundreds of, of millions of dollars that I'm probably going to lose. Which is a shame because there was really great talent in this league too, and uh, it seemed promising in the fact that you know guys could uh, get back to the NFL if they weren't in the NFL or trying to get in, and it seems like there was a, a good group of folks in that league that could make that jump back into the NFL, and now they're the ones paying the price. Because right. you had what it was forty man or eight fifty man rosters, eight something fifty like man that. rosters, and they're all getting paid eighty three thousand dollars for the year. So I mean that that's a, it's a hefty 
a hefty amount there, and, and now they lose opportunities possibly. Well, yeah, that's the sad part of it. But as I sit back and I look, like, going forward for the XFL, like, you say that they've got one investor with deep pockets. How much money do you need to have to have to be okay with, like, losing $70 million over the course of, like, six, eight weeks? Like, I don't know. Like, I just think that it's economically not feasible anymore to start a league like this. The NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, they all had the the fortune of starting when there wasn't another league like theirs that existed and when things cost a lot less. And, and the thing about it is, the, the NBA has their G League, which they fund. Right. You know, the NHL has their... And it's their, a lot easier to fund a, a basketball right. team than it is a football and, team. And baseball yes. has their single, double, triple A to fund. Right. And why should the NFL fund? No. Why, you know, they have a built-in, you know... Uh, High NCAA. Well, that's yeah. exactly right. So, in all honesty, why should the NFL spend any of its money teaming with any of these leagues when they have people coming in from college? I mean, they're, they're doing just fine. Yeah, their product is the most popular in the country. Their product is bringing in $15 billion a year. So their their question is why, and I don't have a good answer as to why anymore. But yeah. I wish I wish all these leagues would make it because I wish guys, including you guys, had more opportunities. It's the one major sport where outside of the NCA there is no minor league to get to do that. And you have a limited to- you have a limited clock of four years. So if those four years don't look the way they should, you're out of luck. Like even if you're good enough and for some reason didn't get the opportunity. You've got nowhere to go. Yeah, maybe your maybe your team's not great. Maybe, maybe you go through a coaching yeah. change. Maybe yeah. you have an ill-timed yeah. injury. Like Sydney, you're of the age right now where a lot of you know guys you are friends with. You know, I won't ask you to name any names, but you've got guys that you were friends with that are playing in this right now. Have you heard anything about what their experience has been like in this? Um, not much personally. I haven't reached out to them really since it started. But um, like you said, I do have a fair amount of friends that are were or are in this league right now and I wish so bad that a league like this could work but kind of like what mom and Jake said like I just I don't think it I just don't think that it can and it's unfortunate because I wish guys in general and especially my friends could get a shot in the league and it feels like something like this would be helpful but I just don't see how it could ever work. It's something in the future you'll hear on we'll try and get on Golica Wingo or we'll try and get some of these players, some of these coaches you know, depending on where the, where this league is, to find out just just in their eyes what happened. Yeah, I, and just how it compares to because I was part of a minor league that was not funded nearly the same, did not have the same level of name brand or clout behind it or anything like that. And I know what that experience looked like. What was it like on the inside? Because, like you said, when we talked to Bill Polian and Charlie Ebersaw and all these guys, it sounded like they had it together. There was a tech arm to this. There was technology they were interested in. There was the gambling aspect. Where did it go wrong internally? What were the things that kind of drove it to this? And and is it anything that anybody's going to be able to overcome in the future? Yeah. Can deep pockets really get you to a place where, because at some point, I'm sure these guys are all saying we've got to make money at some point. Right. Exactly. Seems to be the difficult part. Just not. Losing. How much did you say players were making? $83,000 for the year. So they were, wow. uh, yeah, it was three year. It was a three year, $240,000 non-guaranteed contract. Cause you could come and go. Like if you got signed by an NFL team, you could just go. It wasn't like Canada where you were restricted. Jake, you know somebody who was playing. Did they get paid? Did they, you know that? I'm not sure if they got paid. Okay. No. Okay. And that was the, that's a lot of money. It, it is. is. It's a, it's a fair amount of money, and you were bidding against no one. Right. Like that was my whole process. Is you had an easier way out than the Canadian leagues. The Canadian leagues, when you go up there, 
I was in Canadian camp. Your first two years of your contract were fifty thousand and fifty five thousand dollars each. Right. So if you just outbid that by a little and have flexibility and are in the U.S. And guys are going to go for it because they've got nowhere else to go. Yeah, which, I mean, which is a whole separate chase, issue. Yeah, if you want to chase the dream, where are you going to go? So. And you just think about it, a payroll alone, if there's 50 guys on a team at eight teams, that's 400 players at 83000 per year. That's $33 million in payroll alone. You know, just for the players before you get to coaches, travel, insurance, and everything. I mean, it's vendors, everything, everything else. Yeah. I saw so. Darren Ravel wrote a piece that he talked about. There was some dispute of who was supposed to pay the vendors. Was it the initial investors? Was it uh, Dundon, who was the owner of the Carolina right. Hurricanes, Hurricane, who was right. an investor that came on later? So a lot of questions. It's just it's unfortunate because it seemed like it had so much momentum. Yep. The product was good. You know, you had coaches that were getting hired off of it, uh, female coaches right. that had been hired out of the league. And so it makes me sad. It I does. Mean, there's Absolutely. a lot of people like kind of laughing and saying, oh, well, let's you make know, you laugh now. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> would you rather? A lot okay. of people worked very hard on that. So we will work and try and court that same amount of effort going to the prices right coming up in this. So, Mom, this is your brainchild. You kind of put this into motion. So what exactly is happening? Well, I'm not we're, sure. we're going to all go together and we're going to watch this moving or this traveling show of the prices right. And I'm praying to God that Jenny gets picked. No, I, this is, I was just going to say, I'm actually terrified that I get picked. But just, all you got to do is turn around, look at everybody. Everybody will try and give you answers for this thing. Just to watch you go through the gyrations. I mean, a brand new car, I wouldn't even remotely be within $50,000 of the right answer. (laughs) Like, I. Jenny. Trust Jenny, me, Jenny, Jenny, you hang Jenny. out with someone who spends more time looking at cars, their prices, and the things about them than anyone I've ever met. My brother Jake, How exactly. Not but he'll show some? he'll show me like a really like what he considers a nice car, and he'll be like, "How much do you think that is?" I'm like, "Ooh, 150,000." And he'll be like, "Jen, that's like a three million dollar car." But that's okay, Jen. If there's a car, Jake, do you have any doubt if there's a car and she turns around to you that you can you can be within a thousand bucks? I got it within ten dollars every time. <laughs> 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 and if you do that with any sort of gas station snack product, Sydney, is there any doubt in your mind that you're within 10 cents every time easily? I'm, I mean, I'm spot on every single time. And, and think about it is, I know for your mother and I, we watch this show all the time. I would be so disappointed myself if I went up there and gacked this one away because I do feel I have a pretty good handle on it. I have it. a feeling it's one of those things when you get up there, though. You oh, nerve out. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I'm sure that's what gets a lot of people, but we just talked about it. Like, we had a bunch of high-level athletes in here. Like, if this group cannot button their bleep up for yeah. this occasion, who can? <laughs> How do we prepare? Listens. Yeah, I hope somebody listens to this podcast who's got a connection with the prices. The right. only way you prepare, Jenny, is yeah. when you're walking through the store, just kind of look at things and look at their prices. You know, just kind of get a feel for Sydney it. Sydney will be no good at this. No. I have anxiety no already. <laughs> I was Sydney say, just be like, here's my credit card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which one of these is Stuart Weitzman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really proud you knew that brand. Good job. Wait, do those shoes have any red on the bottom? If yeah. not, I don't want them. Yeah. I'm confused. Where are the other commas? <laughs> There's not enough commas and zeros in these prices. It, w- it would be great to, to win a car like everyone's talking about, but the two things I would like to do are, one, to play Plinko. I think that's everybody's dream who watched The Price is Right, and two, just to spin the big wheel. Yeah, would be I think would be awesome. Yes. Oh, Plinko, is that the game based loosely on the LeBron James TV show The Wall? 
Uh, oh, God, okay. stop it. I, I don't. Do you remember when LeBron it. just blatantly ripped off Plinko and called it the wall? He did? Ripped off Pl- oh, yeah, he ripped off Plinko. Absolutely oh. right. It did. Yeah, it was, I've never it even was, heard of that before. It was the wall. I mean, it was short-lived, but LeBron James, who threw a fit when Nick Saban had a barbershop right. show yeah. like the shop, literally called Plinko the wall he did. and tried to sell that to us. <laughs> but I'm with you, Jake. The big wheel. That, to big get wheel. that dollar, yes. man, that's oh. a huge thing. That's where I want to see Jenny. Yes. Oh, yeah, I would yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. I could do that. It would never stop spinning. No. Jenny would spin the Light power into it. <laughs> Turbo spin. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that'll be coming up um, in between our podcast. Yep. So uh, we'll obviously let Hopefully, you know how who this hosts. Goes. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know any don't know anything about, about that. We just want one of us to get picked. That's yeah. all we need. I'm very intrigued by the idea of the host and like just by going. Are we eligible to be on there? Do we? Are we do I we have matching so. shirts yet? No. Oh, but, oh you're right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get that. But we like, do we just base them on the prices, right? Because usually they're about Bob Barker. Or... How quickly can you get shirts of Hank's face made on a bunch oh, of shirts? There you go. Oh. Yeah. The pugs. All right, we, yes. we've got some plans. All right, so go. we've got some ideas brewing. All right, so all that is in store again. Hopefully, we will be able to regale you guys with tales of. Janice winning a car on the Price is Right by spinning the wheel so hard it fell off and killed several people in the crowd. <laughs> Until then, though, all we can really offer you is a would you rather. So, sis, you were in charge of this, I believe, this week, so oh, I will no. cede the floor to you. Please try not to swear too much. It has to do about poop. Okay. <laughs> wow. What a, what a surprise in our family. Okay. Would you rather have to pee dry sand for the rest of your life? <laughs> Or every year on your birthday, you have to poop a legitimate brick. (laughs) (laughs) On your birthday, too. That's sinister. Um, I don't even understand you. From somebody who had a baby, I'll take the brick once a year. Birthday oh break. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's permanent destruction, though. Yeah, like you can't do anything normal again. Like, what's that going to do to your hips? I mean, it's gonna I hurt have three them. babies. I, yeah, I'm not going to worry about my hips, quite honestly. Sydney, <laughs> wait, Sydney, anytime you have to pee, anytime you have to pee, it's, it's sand? sand. For the rest of your life, it's yeah, sand. See, yeah, think you about little the like, kidney stones. Yeah, I was going to say, is this like, I guess it'd be like kidney, kidney stones, stones, maybe if they like, if they do that laser and grind it down to grind powder. Down. Yeah. I think I'd have to do the once a year, though, yeah. and just, and just gut, it, gut it, out. it out. right? I just feel like by the time you like, re- your like butt recovers from like pooping <laughs> a brick, like, it's going to be your birthday again the following year. You're just going to have to do it again. Okay. You're going to be sitting there all year waiting, just waiting in a dark room, dreading the next time you have to literally shit a brick. All right, so here we go. Jake, what's your choice? Uh, Pea stand. Jenny? Birthday brick. I'm going to choose the birthday brick. Birthday brick. Birthday brick. Birthday brick. I'm gonna pee sand. It's your birthday, so, so you, you know so you poop a brick. Wow. Wait, who's peeing the sand? I'm peeing the Jake sand. Jake and Sydney are peeing the sand. I think I'm peeing the sand. I'd rather have. Listen, I'd rather have a leather hose by the end than a sinkhole. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Like, let's just call it what it is. After a while, scarring is going to take care of the majority of my pee issues. Every year that is ripping open the wound. Oh my god! I feel like you got to wear a diaper for the rest of your life, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, it, honestly, it makes me think of the human centipede. And now, like, I oh. I thought about that brushing my teeth this morning and gagged. So. Oh god! I'm sorry. The name of this podcast is so fitting. Yeah, yeah it actually. Wait, so what's the final count here? We have three sand piers and four and three brick, bricks. Three wow, brick poopers split right down the middle. Wow, yeah, that's good. good. One. That's, that's exactly what the brick would do is just split you right down the middle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs>
actually suffered from hip dysplasia, oh. similar to a German shepherd. Oh. <laughs> I, I just don't know how peeing sand would feel. Only one way to find Better out. Better than pooping so, a brick. Yeah. <laughs> These are the facts and the hard-hitting bits of journalism that you come here for. So again, if you've made it this long, God in heaven, I am so sorry. Yeah. But in the meantime, thank you. subscribe, download, thank you. Maybe leave a rating, leave a review, let us know how we're doing. Eventually, I'm going to go in here and read and see if you've been doing your homework and leaving reviews. And if you haven't, I'm going to scold you the way I'm going to scold Tony Fusillo if he keeps ducking the podcast. We're having Tony. with Tony. Yeah, Jenny, you got to get your father in line. we got to get him on this thing. I know. We really do. I'm telling you, it's going to take Jake... I, I texted him today and said, you got time a little bit later? He said, team meeting, can't. Oh, that was my that. God. He's ducking us. He's ducking. Man. Sorry, so we're getting ducked by a coach. It's we off. have to visit the prices right. Half of us are peeing sand. The other half are pooping bricks. Birthday so brick. birthday birthday brick. Brick. Wow. The birthday brick. So we will report back on the prices right and hopefully more Tony Fusillo next time. Until then, we are sorry in advance. I'm not. <laughs> every, di- every time. Every time. Every time. It's clockwork. Oh, man. Oh, Sydney, that's unbelievable. What a would you rather.